Woke up quick at about noon. Loved ones, welcome into the Wednesday, July 15th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling here on the Be Heard podcast platform. We appreciate you so much for downloading, streaming, subscribing, and we thank you so much for listening and we thank you for the successful launch of our Be Heard platform yesterday. We've got a lot to talk about. We'll get to the Sacramento Kings, uh, but Healed is back. Harrison Barnes is not. We found out who the fourth person with the Sacramento Kings to test positive was for coronavirus so we'll talk about that uh, in just a few minutes lots of NFL news and notes that we will touch on as well but uh, first again just thank you to everybody who helped with the successful launch of the Be Heard podcast platform yesterday whether you uh, liked the tweet retweeted a tweet followed us uh, on Twitter Instagram or Facebook we've got social media accounts uh, all over the social media realm. If you had an opportunity to check out the Deuce and Mo podcast or the Dope Ones podcast, a new episode of Relive dropped today. If you haven't heard the new J Street Vibes podcast with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, go check that out. But we're really thankful for this. We're really proud of it. We believe it's going to be, we believe it's going to be a, a, a nice catalyst to introduce. Uh, there's a lot of really talented people in our community, man like really, really talented, and they're not getting opportunities uh, on the radio. They're not getting opportunities in media because the the pathway into media is, is it's kind of being eliminated. Not kind of, it is being eliminated. Internship programs are being eliminated. Uh, a lot of part-time positions are being eliminated. The way I got into the business doesn't exist anymore. And if you're a Sac State student or you're a student at American River College or Sac City or Consumeness and you're going through, you know, journalism programs and, and, and broadcasting programs, like, what do you what do you do with it? You almost got to get to the point where, you know, if your kid comes home and goes, hey, mom, dad, I want to major in broadcasting. You got to go, Ugh, maybe, maybe, maybe you should look at something else. Like, well, what are you going to do with that? What are you, you going to do with a broadcasting degree? Because it's so difficult to get inside the business. And this is step one. I just wanted to share a couple of things with you before we get into the notes. This is just step one of what we want Be Heard to be. Be Heard is a, is a, it's a far bigger and far-reaching plan uh, than this podcast platform. This platform uh, is just step number one. And these five podcasts that are currently on the Be Heard podcast platform, that's just the initial launch podcast. These are podcasts that... You know, obviously, Deuce and Mo, they've got an established audience. You guys have been so uh, loyal and supportive to what I'm doing here. Uh, Jason Jones, they had to, you know, they had to migrate over to a, a new platform after the Athletics shut down a very large chunk of their podcast. And the Dope Ones is a brand new podcast. He's brand new into podcasting, period. So these are guys who, you know, we, we, we've got to help, you know, prop them up. Uh, we've we've got to let everybody know that they're there, and it's not like commercials run for podcasts on the radio. You know what I mean? Uh, you mean you can run some ads on Instagram and Twitter and a variety of different social media accounts, but other than that, man, it's up to us uh, to kind of spread the word of our podcast, and that's what we're trying to do uh, with this Be Heard podcast platform. And we've already got our next couple of podcasts in development, man. So we're really excited for that. Uh, and I was really nervous yesterday. I was nervous about how the launch would go. And Deuce Mo and I, we recorded that bit that you heard on the two the two podcast on Monday, like late Monday morning. And like I've been open about this before. I get really nervous, or I used to get really nervous before doing a live radio show. And there's still a certain level of like nerves, like there, there's like anticipation when it comes to recording the podcast. There's kind of like, okay, you know, the hardest thing to do is start talking, right? Like it's, it's like, it's, you know, people joke about pickup lines and, you know, you need an icebreaker. You've got to do that every day when you start the podcast. You know what I mean? You got to do that every day when you start a radio show. You got to do that every day when you're doing any form of communications. You got to figure out how do you start the process of talking and I, I, you know, so I, I still have that kind of nervousness. It's not the same because the adrenaline rush is a little bit different. I know if, you know, as much as I, I've, I've sworn to you, we're, we're, we're live to tape if, as you are all aware. If I make a mistake, I leave it in and I just have to own it. But there's also this, if I say something and I don't like the way that it come ac came across or I say something and I feel like I didn't, you know, make my point, like, I know 
I can take it out. Like, I know that there's no, you know, immediate fallout. Like, I could just, I can, I can take it out. No one will ever know that it happened. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not the same adrenaline rush that there is when you're doing a live radio show. But I had that adrenaline rush when recording the podcast with Deuce and Mo the other day because I was nervous about how I wanted to make sure I conveyed the message of what Be Heard was properly. And, you know, they do video podcasting and, you know, it was a simulcast. So we were both recording and there was just a, there was just a sense of, of nervousness to it. And I really wanted it to come across well. And uh, I hope that it did. Uh, and I, I hope that you'll support J Street Vibes. And I hope that you'll support the dope ones. And I hope when you wrap up with today's podcast that you'll head over and listen to Deuce and Mo. And I hope that we can give you, you know, a stream of audio content uh, while you may not enjoy what is on local radio anymore, uh, we hope that we can give you uh, digital content each and every single day uh, that you enjoy. Uh, so thank you again uh, for your support here on this podcast. Thank you again uh, for the support on Be Heard. And but let's get into the Sacramento Kings and the news that we finally found out who the fourth person to test positive in the Kings traveling party for COVID-19 was. And it was a player. It was Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes tweeted yesterday, Prior to the team leaving last week, I tested positive for COVID-19. I've been primarily asymptomatic and I'm doing well. I'm quarantined and am abiding by the safety protocol until I'm cleared for action. I hope to join my team in Orlando when it is safe to do so. Stay safe out there, HB. So there we go. He is the fourth person, and it's four players on the Sacramento Kings that tested positive. Uh, he joins Alex Lynn, uh, who is not rejoin the team yet uh and we have no update by the way on alex lynn alex lynn's prognosis uh buddy healed uh, who has rejoined the team and jabari parker who has rejoined the team as well four players for the sacramento kings have tested positive we don't know and this is important uh we don't know what day uh harrison barnes tested positive uh, but if you recall the facility went into lockdown on july 4th and it, and it was shut down July 4th, 5th, up until them uh, leaving for Orlando. And if I remember correctly, Harrison Barnes was one of the last people to speak to the media because I, I remember Harrison Barnes making a remark about Sean Cunningham's Zoom background. I think he had Rayana in the back. Of course he did because he's Sean Cunningham. That's what he does. He had Rayana in his background, and I... I, I, I'm almost positive it was Harrison Barnes who said something like, you're, do, you're doing a lot with that, with that Zoom background, Sean. And I don't know what day that was, but it, it was sometime between. We know that he's been working out. We know that he's been, you know, I, I was going to say practicing. He wasn't practicing. He was doing the individual workouts. And we know that he's spoken to the media. So I would have to guess it was sometime between July 4th first and July 3rd that he that he tested positive and then that's when the facility went on lockdown was fourth and fifth so he tested positive uh, after Alex Lynn and Buddy Heald did so in in Jabari Parker was never in never in Sacramento so I'm kind of leaving him out of the equation so you, you know that's that puts us at we're we're 15 days assuming let, let's 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 go on the high end it had to have been before july 4th we know that so let's say it was july 3rd so we're 12 days removed uh, he needs to pass back-to-back -back covid tests before he can travel and then he'll have to pass multiple covid tests uh, again once he actually gets there uh, luke walton was in front of the media yesterday and of course this was uh this was a big topic of conversation yeah, I mean, they're, they're big parts of, of what we do. And um, as far as updates, they're both feeling much better. They're both feeling good. And it, it's just a part of going through the protocol now as far as, you know, testing negative uh, before coming out and joining us. So uh, the approach we take as a group is, is big picture. We try to play everything out. But when we're, we're here practicing, we have to prepare – as if we're not going to have either one of those guys. Uh, and, and that's just, uh, you know, 
getting ready for what worst case scenario would be. And there's a reality that might be it. But so our, our mindset is we prep for that. We're not going to have them with us and we're hopeful that they rejoin us. So there, as you heard Luke Walton say there, they're preparing for both Harrison Barnes and Alex Lynn to not be a part of the team. Hopefully uh, that is not the case. Um, but again, you've got to do the math. If we're talking about July 3rd, he's he he's out at least until July 17th. And this is, of course, this is assuming that he didn't test positive on July 4th, which would make it the 18th. Uh, but, th- th- I mean, that's, that's NBA protocol, and that's what you have to abide by, which means by the time, if, 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 if he passes the back-to-back COVID test, he, he says he's asymptomatic. He's, for the most part, feeling okay. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. He says he's primarily asymptomatic, which means he, I, I would think he's experiencing, you know, a little something. Uh, given the fact that he didn't say I'm completely asymptomatic or I'm asymptomatic, he said I'm primarily asymptomatic, which means he may only be experiencing a, a, a couple of the uh, symptoms of COVID-19. But with with the way protocols are in place, you know we're looking at a potential 17th, 18th, 19th, and then he's got to pack. The, you know he's he's got to uh, again. Let's go with the quickest form of transportation with the shortest you know quarantine period. Charges a flight gets to Orlando, he's still quarantined for a handful of days and he still has to pass multiple COVID tests. So we, we're looking at a situation where over the course of the next seven days, Harrison Barnes is going to have to pass four COVID-19 tests. Between, you, you know, assuming that he, assuming, of course, that he passes the first two, he's able to get on a charter, he's able to get to Orlando, he's got to pass another two. I don't see a situation, you know, I know Luke Walton is going with worst case scenario uh, in terms of being without Harrison Barnes and Alex Lynn, uh, but, uh, you know, best case scenario, he still misses the July 22nd scrimmage game. I believe that's against Miami. And it obviously, of course, gives him a a short workout time uh, until the the July 31st opener. You could probably, again, we're going best case scenarios here. Uh, Primary concern is we're, you know, we're hoping that that Harrison Barnes is okay. It certainly sounds from his statement uh, that he's okay. Uh, He's just going through the proper protocols that, that, that the NBA has put into place. Best case scenario, he's healthy. He passes his test. He gets to Orlando quarantines a couple of days, passes a couple of more tests, and he's ready for the third and final uh, scrimmage game, which I believe is on the 27th. So, you know, that's kind of, that's that's where we're at with this. Um, but it, we know now, uh, we know why the facility was shut down over the holiday weekend, and we know who that fourth person was uh, to have tested positive. And th- again, this is the weird thing about this is the weird thing about where we're at right now in terms of the bubble is we don't have, you know, Sean Cunningham is on a Zoom call. He's not in Orlando. Marshall Harris, Jason Jones, all of those guys are on Zoom calls, whereas normally they would be at practice every day. Because these guys aren't at practice, because there's no media at practice, we don't know who's actually there and who's not. And that's one of the, you know, that's one of the scary things about having optimism regarding the season is you want to be optimistic. Of course you want to be optimistic and you want to believe that the protocols that the NBA has in place are working. And on the surface, it appears that they are working, but we're not getting information in real time. Like think about it. The the teams have been practicing. They've been practicing now for not quite a week, but they've been practicing for several days. And we found out what was it yesterday, two days ago, that two players tested positive during the quarantine period. Which, you know, okay, two out of 322, that's good. But we didn't find that out in real time. We didn't find out that Russell Westbrook wasn't there. We didn't find out that James Harden wasn't there in real time. James Harden is there now. He arrived last night. He's going through the protocol. He's got to sit in the, you know, he's got to sit in his room uh, for the next 48 hours, he's got to pass multiple COVID-19 tests before he can get out there and practice with the Houston Rockets. To the best of our knowledge, Russell Westbrook is not there yet. 
And we have no idea who else is there and who's not because there's not media out there. I think media is still going through their quarantine period. And I'm not, you know, we're talking, uh, we're talking like Jason Jones media and Sean Cunningham media. And we're talking about those guys, you know, on Zoom calls who are used to, you know, being out at practice. You know, the, the, the media that, that ESPN and TNT and that crew, all of those people that they've ushered in, they're still in the quarantine period. They can't even relay that information to us. So these teams are practicing in basically complete privacy. You know what I mean? And not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just it, 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 it kind of heightens my concern over all of this and that we're so used to in the Twitter world and the social media world, we're so used to getting information instantaneously. We're used to getting updates live. If something happens at practice, you know, I go back to, you know, one of the most, you know, jarring updates we got the um, Teddy Bridgewater at, 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 at training camp, the Teddy Bridgewater injury. I, I remember I remember distinctively we're about to start the show and, and we there start like an just a flood of tweets coming in from from Minnesota practice and it's like oh no something something really really bad just happened and when we say just happened we mean it just happened and reporters are live tweeting about it the national reporters are picking up on it we knew something horrible had just happened at Minnesota Vikings training camp that's how information is relayed, you know, because there's, there, there are beat reporters who are followed by the national reporter. So if, even if you don't follow, you know, the beat reporter for the Houston Rockets or the beat reporter for the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks, they're followed by other reporters who are followed by other reporters. And that stuff just gets out there quickly. Well, we don't have that now. We just have to wait for the NBA to tell us. And so, you know, the NBA gave us an update on, on COVID-19 tests. Like, cool, that's, that's a positive. But I keep thinking, you know, each day that goes by where we don't hear anything, we don't hear anything catastrophic, right? We don't hear anything awful. We don't hear that there's been an outbreak. We don't hear that, you know, teams are under lockdown. They're in quarantine. We don't hear anything like that. I think, okay, this is a positive. And then I realize, okay, well, hopefully it's a positive, but we might just we might not be getting information in real time. So it's kind of hard to tell if it's a positive or we just haven't been told yet. And that was the case with the Kings. We had been, we had no idea that, I mean, okay, I, I could speak for myself. I had no idea that Harrison Barnes wasn't there and I had been trying to run through. And I think we did this yesterday or, or, or Monday. I was trying to run through who we had seen in front of the camera, like who had done a media session. You know, Harry Giles had done one. Marvin Bagley had done one. Kent Bazemore had done one. Uh, De'Aaron Fox had done one. I guess, I, I don't know. Harrison Barnes is probably one of the first people who would have been out there. We, I guess that's probably a piece of the puzzle that we should have put together, or certainly I should have put together. Uh, Buddy Heald uh, spoke for the first time yesterday since rejoining the team, and uh, he spoke about his experience with COVID-19. I wasn't scared or anything like that. I, just, I didn't. Uh, I just I test positive, and uh, I just was, was concerned about the people who surround me, like my daughter, and uh, my girl, and everybody, and my family, and my brother, and my cousin, who I, people who I was playing with, who I was working out with. I just making sure they were right because I don't want nobody get infected by it. And I don't want to be my carelessness, you know, causing somebody to lose their life or you know something like that. So I was worried with people who I was around, so stuff like that. Uh, but he uh, also added a, a, a little bit of humor uh, to his experience in the bubble so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to find ways to get out. I'm going to like do something like I'll chop up in a tunnel under the, under the hotel so I can sneak my ass out of here. So I'm finding ways to get around it, but uh, not quite as yet. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a ways around everything, so you got to figure it out. There's a <laughs> – no, you won't. Just, just chill. There's a lot of people talking about, oh, man, how are these players going to stay – you know, isolated and hemmed up for, for, for so long. I just want to be clear. And, and I, and I understand, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not there, so I'm in no position to judge, but man, these dudes got golf courses, like real golf courses, not putt putt golf courses. Like they've, they've got a golf course on their complex that is exclusive to them, uh, that they can just get, they got after hours, uh, access to parks. Like they're in good, like, it's not like there's literally nothing for them to do. Maybe they're not at the club. Maybe there's not ass everywhere for them. 
But let's not pretend like like these guys are. You talking about El Chapo? Like, fam, you ain't in jail. You, you in a pretty good spot. You'll you'll be all right. Buddy, going buddy, gonna be okay. All of these NBA players are gonna be okay. Uh, we just want them to stay healthy. We just want a season. Sports fans are 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 dying uh, to get some of their, uh, particularly NBA fans, dying to get. The NBA uh, back going again. So there's your update on the Sacramento Kings. We'll wait to see what happens with Harrison Barnes. We will wait to see uh, what happens with Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn is a bit concerning. Uh, I would have probably have pressed Luke Walton a, a, a little bit harder, maybe maybe even to the just stretch of, like, is he okay? Because he was one of the first guys to test positive uh, during the initial round of testing back on June 22nd, 23rd. It was Alex Lynn, Buddy Heald, and Jabari Parker, right? Those were the those 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 were the first three to test positive. Harrison came later, about a week, a little over a week later, nine ten days later. So I, I'm concerned that Alex Lynn hasn't been able to pass protocol yet. I'm concerned that Buddy Heald and Jabari Parker did, and not concerned like about Alex Lynn's involvement with the Sacramento Kings. I'm concerned about Alex Lynn's health. Like, is is he good? I mean, is he? Is he because there seems to be, you know, Buddy Heald saying like, yeah, oh, it was good. You know, Harrison Barnes, primarily asymptomatic. And then there's Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, who's talking about how it's kicking its ass. And it's, it's, it's Von Miller talking about how it's kicking his ass. So, I, I, you know, I would like maybe just a health update uh, on Alex Lynn. Uh, but there's your update on the Sacramento Kings as we get closer and closer, six, seven days away from the first scrimmage game, and we just, it still, <laughs> it still feels like an eternity. Two weeks from tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, July 15th, two weeks from tomorrow is the first regular season NBA game. And, it, and, and I keep, you know, I keep holding on to that thought, like, just get there. Just get to the 30th. I think everybody hunkers down when games start because it's going to be such a feverish pace. I mean, think about it. The middle of August, we get started on the 30th. Two weeks later, six teams go home. Six. That's almost two. What is it? I mean, roughly. It's a little bit less than 240 people. 240 people exit the bubble. Metaphorical bubble. 240 people leave Orlando. Except for the magic. They they don't leave Orlando. They just go home. They get out of the they get out of the complex. So you know, well, I guess Orlando's probably gonna make the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah. They'll be around for another couple of weeks. But that's that's actually the point. Is you've got two hundred and forty people going home just two weeks after game start. And then right after that, you have another hundred gosh, what, hundred and Man, maybe maybe 200. 240. You have more people going home. And it's the further we get into this, the more it's like, okay, we might actually make it through this. Which draws me back to something I said weeks ago that I won't I won't harp on, but I get why you got to do it, but man, once you get into this, you know, third round of the playoffs, once you start getting into conference semifinals and Conference finals and NBA finals, man, it seems like a dangerous time to introduce, you know, a whole bunch of new people uh, to that to that metaphorical bubble in Orlando. And I get why you have to do it. I get the need to do it. Oh, but man, it, it, it feels like you have come so far. Just get through the last few weeks and then everybody will be home. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But just let's get to the 30th. Let's get through the next two weeks uh, without anything catastrophic happening. And once games get here, people are so concerned about what's going to happen when games start. That's actually when I'm at my least concerned is when games start. I feel like if we can make it through uh, over a month or about a month, if we can make it through about a month where guys are trying to fill their time before and after practice, you know, they've got their Zoom calls. You know, they're pretty it's not like they're completely twiddling their thumbs. Like they've they've got practice. Uh some teams have had like night shoot arounds after practice when the gyms are available. And, you know, of course they have their Zoom meetings. 
you know, meeting they they have they have team meetings that are still taking place, and I think a lot of them are still taking place primarily, you know, through Zoom, and they still have different media commitments, as we just heard from Luke Walton and Buddy Hill. So there's still you know a lot of things that occupy their time, but it's nothing like a game. It's nothing like where guys get into their routines, and there that's you know that's another thing you're going to be hearing a lot about come July 30th. You're going to be hearing a lot about guys' routines. Basketball players, they are regimented and wake up, shoot around, uh, eat, nap, wake up, snack, off to the game. I mean, people, basketball players are regimented. I think professional athletes are regimented. I, I mean, people to a certain degree, I think, have their routines and they get used to them, but... You throw a basketball player's routine off, man, look out. Look out. You will either start a whole new trend or you'll be in trouble for throwing off the routine. But they're going to be 10 a.m. games, like 10 a.m. here. They're going to be 1 p.m. games in Orlando. Like, they're going to be early afternoon games. Guys aren't going to be able to have their, their normal routine. They'll have that... You know, that once-in-a-while Sunday light game. You know, once-in-a-while Sunday in New York. It starts at, you know, 10 a.m. West Coast time. Kings got a couple of morning games. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Los Angeles Lakers don't have any. But, you know, the Kings do. And there are going to be a number of other teams that have morning games. There are going to be a whole lot of players that are off of their normal pregame routine. So that'll be something to follow come July 30th as well. I mentioned as part of the Be Heard podcast platform, the new Dope Ones podcast. I hope you'll take the opportunity to go check that out. And one thing that I, I didn't make clear, uh, as we add to this network, as we add to the podcast, you don't have to individually search us. You can go to Apple Podcast, type in Be Heard, and all of our podcasts will come up. We've got five right now. We'll alert you every single time we add a new one. We'll give you a little background every time you know, we add some new talent to our roster. But if you go to Apple Podcast or Radio.com and you search Be Heard, uh, our five podcasts should just come up. I'm working on a way to where you can subscribe to like a Be Heard uh, like, like station and all of our podcasts will play there. Right now, you still have to subscribe to them individually, but I am working on a, a Be Heard-like station where all of our podcasts would load directly to that feed. Um, but that's something uh, that's still in the works. But I mentioned the Dope Ones podcast uh, that's brand new. I hope you'll take a listen to that, and I hope you'll head over to thedopeones.com, and you'll check out not only the collection of shirts we have here for the podcast, uh, we've got a more than a podcast shirt now in purple, uh, and if you use the promo code at 720, that's uh, spell out 7, S-E-V-E-N, 20, 20, S-E-V-N, 20, uh, 720, you'll get 20% off of your order. Go check out the new uh, More Than a Podcast uh, purple shirt. We also got uh, Be Heard gear up there. And then check out the rest of the Dope Ones line. They got stuff for Tupac, uh, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Nipsey Hussle, Kobe Bryant, uh, there's some great, great T-shirts, hoodies. Uh, there's some great gear over there on the dopeones.com. So go check that out and use the promo code 720 to get 20% off of your order. We mentioned that the NFL and the NFL Players Association, they continue to negotiate terms for a return to work, which, by the way, is two weeks away. Less than two weeks away, actually. Most teams would be in camp two weeks from yesterday. Uh, among the requests in players' recent proposal to the league includes an opt-out clause for at-risk players uh, to receive salary but not bonuses if they decide not to play. If you recall, and you caught yesterday's podcast, uh, if you recall our story regarding Elena Deladon and the WNBA uh, denying her opt-out request for medical reasons, uh, the NFL is attempting to implement something uh, exactly the same. They also want an opt-out clause for players with at-risk family members. Uh, they want to be able to earn an accrued season and benefits if they decide not to play. Nothing about salary there. And an opt-out clause for players who leave the team 
after reporting. The terms of that, at least according to Pro Football Talk, uh, are a little bit more uncertain. Players also want a $250,000 stipend guaranteed to all players. If they show up to camp and everything is shut down because of COVID-19 concerns. Basically what they want is the same reason that the NFL is asking for players to put, what was it, 35% of their salary into escrow. Players are saying, okay, we don't want you to waste our time uh, by uh, having us report to training camp and this whole thing shuts down. We want to make sure that we get uh, something out of this. Uh, that number goes up to $500,000 if the season starts uh, only to be shut down later. Part of the problem with this is the same problem that Elena Deladon and the WNBA are facing. The definition of at risk hasn't, there's no, there's no universal outlining for that. Uh, the definition of at risk is actually up for discussion between the NFL and the Pl NFL Players Association. Um, on June 7th, the league issued a memo that said um, high-risk individuals include um, African-American, Hispanic, or people of Pacific Islander descent. It says uh, it includes people with sleep apnea, people with a high uh, body mass index or hypertension, uh, people with diabetes or cardiac disease. All of those people are considered uh, at high risk. Uh, Dan Graziano of ESPN reported yesterday that players also want no salary and escrow. That is not a shocker. And they want no reduction to the 2021 salary cap. That also is not a shocker. Remember, the league asked for 35% of this year's salaries to be in escrow. And the, the players, rightfully so, are saying absolutely not. Because, again, this isn't an issue of the NFL losing money. This is an issue of the NFL not making as much money as they're used to making. No one, not one single NFL team will lose money this year. There's just absolutely no way. Zero. If not a single game is played, the NFL would likely still make money. I don't know how, but I know it's the NFL and they'd likely find a way. If there are any sorts of games played, the NFL is going to be raking in billions of dollars. Even without live attendance, even without concessions, even without parking, even without $40 parking at, 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 in Santa Clara or $60 parking or however much it is at Levi Stadium, even without all of that, teams are still going to make billions of dollars because you've still got ESPN pumping money into the product. You still have NBC pumping money into the product. The, the, the NFL is in absolutely no danger whatsoever. There are conflicting reports as to whether uh, talks are going to continue today, uh, but the latest I heard, again, this is from uh, Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk, is that talks will continue today. For what it's worth, Dan Graziano said they wouldn't. So as I said, there are conflicting reports as to whether talks are going to continue today or not, but it sounds like with only... 13 days left until most teams are at training camp. Uh, they need to get this ironed out and they need to be working every day to get this ironed out because there's, there's got to be some sense of urgency to the NFL getting started like these. I can't figure out if time is flying by or it's slowing down. I've been trying to figure that out. Like I, I, I think, man, like it's the middle of July right now. We're approaching August. We've been, you know, most people, uh, responsible people, have been on some form of lockdown, for lack of a better term, since March. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people's jobs are differently. People have been working at home. Some people haven't been working from home. Um, some people have had to go out every single day. Some people's schedule has been completely uninterrupted by all of this. Mine is actually a great example of that. My schedule has been, for the most part, uninterrupted. Now it's weird. Like, I... I don't go to dinner. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't go out just generally out as much as I used to. But in terms of like, you guys know the deal. I'm sitting at the house recording this show. It's not like I'm working in a recording studio or at a radio station or something like I'm at the house. I've got all the equipment right here. This is, this is what I was doing before the COVID lockdown. And this is what I'm doing now. And it's, 
I, I can't figure out if March was a really, really long time ago or it feels like it was just yesterday. Feels like just yesterday that Miles Garrett was on his rookie contract, and he was, and now he's staring at a five-year extension worth $125 million. Uh, that puts the total value over the next seven years at 144. Miles Garrett, of course, is uh, 24 years old. Uh, he is an animal. An absolute animal. I assume Miles Garrett is going to sign this deal, and when he does, uh, he would pass Khalil Mack as the highest-paid defensive player in terms of average annual salary. It'll put Miles Garrett, I think, at twenty-four million dollars. Uh, Kyle uh, Khalil Mack, excuse me, is at twenty-three million dollars per year. Uh, Miles Garrett has had Miles Garrett quietly is phenomenal. I, I don't feel like, like, I think I expected more, you know, when you're drafted, you know, when you're drafted number one overall and, you know, you're the freak of nature that Miles Garrett is and the, you know, freakish athleticism that he has. Uh, he had 10 sacks in 10 games last year. And I think that's part of the problem is, you know, so much of his season got shut down last year because of that stupidity uh, with Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers and him being suspended for, the arbitrary uh, number of the remainder of the season. Which was so arbitrary and so random. I don't blame him for fighting it. I don't blame the NFL for upholding it, but still, it's just so random. Like if, he, if this had happened in week two, would he have been suspended the remainder of the season? Would he have been suspended? What, what would the number of six games? Come on, man. Uh, the NFL, of course, reinstated Garrett as soon as the Super Bowl was over. Uh, so he's back at it. His contract extension is in front of him. And assuming there's a football season, uh, what will the Cleveland Browns look like? Uh, regardless of if there's a football season or not, the franchise tag deadline is today. Uh, the, the, and when I say the franchise tag deadline, I mean in order to sign a long-term extension. If no long-term extension is signed, uh, these players will play on their franchise tag deals. Of course, everybody has their eyes on Rain Dakota Prescott uh, in, in whether he signs his deal or not. A.J. Green. Uh, A.J. Green, actually, Dak Prescott signed his. So whether Dak Prescott signs an extension or not, whether Dak Prescott signs a long-term extension or not, is really irrelevant. He's set to play. He's not going to miss camp, assuming there's a camp. He's not going to miss anything. He signed his deal. He's good to go. A.J. Green has not. Saquon Barrett has not. Those guys have not signed uh, their one-year tenders. But, I mean, I think, didn't A.J. Green say, oh, I'm going to play on it? I mean, A.J. Green's got a nice little chunk of money coming his way. I'm pretty sure he said, yeah, I, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll play on it. It just means, why sign it? Why sign it now when you can sign it the day after training camp ends? Remember, if you sign your franchise tender, which Dak did, it means he needs to be... At training camp, it means he needs to be at uh, everything that is mandatory that player needs to be at. So everything that is mandatory for the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott needs to be at because he signed that tender. It doesn't mean that they can't work out and, and sign an extension today. And according to the Dallas Morning News, that's not going to happen because according to the Dallas Morning News, there's not even a meeting scheduled for today. They're, I guess they're just resigned to Dak Prescott playing one year under this franchise tender. The latest offer, again, according to the Dallas Morning News, consisted of a five-year deal with a percentage of guaranteed money that Dak Prescott's agents considered too low for a five-year deal. Uh, the options for all parties were to increase the guarantee significantly or cut the offer to four years. That was the length for which Dak Prescott's agents were pushing. They were pushing for a four-year deal. Uh, so the question is, um, is there is there a meeting ground here between now, whenever you're listening to this, uh, and 1 p.m., of course, you might be listening to this, and the trade deadline is come and gone. Um, he's due to make $31.4 million this year. If he signs the tag next year, he's due to make $37 million. And then, of course, the, you know, the third year, 
that's it's not even a conversation because we're talking massive, massive money. Um, we're talking massive money the third year. We're talking, I think, $54 million, upwards of $54 million if he signs that deal. Or if, if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys sign him to that, if they uh, put the franchise tag in front of him for a third year. There have been so many rumors about what this alleged deal is that the Cowboys have offered. There have been so many rumors about this uh, five-year deal that the Cowboys have offered. There have been so many rumors about uh, Dak Prescott's and his agents and their counter on a four-year deal. We have no idea what's real and what's not. And I still have not heard from Jerry Jones. I haven't heard from Stephen Jones. Going on well over month and a half at the very least, maybe longer, maybe two months, certainly the last month and a half. We haven't heard a peep out of Jerry Jones since George Floyd died. So, but I guess if, if no meetings are scheduled, no deals can get done. Of course, that could be posturing by both ends. No one wants to be the one to schedule the meeting. Of course, it could also be who leaked the information. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe they don't want Maybe they want to make it a big surprise. I, I mean, I have no idea. But Dak is still bound to appear at everything that is mandatory for the Dallas Cowboys. A.J. Green, for example, he's not. So while all of these, you know, while the Players Association in the NFL is quabbling over testing protocols and money in escrow and, you know, how to keep players safe during training camp, A.J. Green doesn't have to do any of that. Neither does Saquon Barkley. Neither does anybody uh, who hasn't signed their one-year tender. They could just wait it out. And the day training camp closes up is the day A.J. Green can sign his contract and say, I am a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm off to Cincinnati. Or I believe it's I'm on to Cincinnati. But until then, he's not under contract and he doesn't have to do anything. None of these players are. Any player who, who has a, a tender issue to them and they have not signed it, they don't have to show up for anything. So they don't have to worry about what the NFL and the NFL Players Association are talking about. They could just keep it moving. But Dak Prescott obviously is the most intriguing one uh, on the deadline today. I don't think anybody expects A.J. Green to sign a deal. I don't even know that A.J. Green wants to sign an extensive deal. Of course, I mean, I'm sure there's an amount of money that will get A.J. Green's attention, but he said when they threw the franchise tag at him, he said, hey, this is good money. I'm absolutely going to sign it. He didn't say he was going to sign it before training camp, but he said that he was going to sign it. So I don't think there's any concern that the Bengals are going to play without A.J. Green this year. I don't think the Bengals have any concern that they're going to play without A.J. Green this year. I just don't think they're going to have him for training camp. Uh, it, it, you know, another note about Dak Prescott is what type of year would it take for the Cowboys? I, I guess this is a, a, a kind of a, a two-sided question here. What, what type of year would it take for the Dallas Cowboys to not offer Dak Prescott a second franchise tag next year? And what type of year would it take for Dak Prescott to sign a multi-year extension you know, perhaps during the season or, or towards the end of the season or, you know, maybe next offseason. I, I, I don't know. Kirk Cousins has shown, and, and I firmly believe this, I understand this is football, and the name of the game in football is long-term security. For you and me, $31 million is long-term security. But let's not undervalue what Dak Prescott is. Let's not under... Dak Prescott is the starting quarterback for the most valuable franchise in all of football. Dak Prescott is the starting quarterback for the most valuable franchise, I think, in all of sports. Isn't the Cowboys, what are they, upwards of $4 billion? Maybe there's a, a, a football club. Uh, maybe there's a soccer team that's worth more that I'm missing. But regardless, the Cowboys are up there. And Dak Prescott is the face of that franchise. And so, yeah, when you're the face of the Dallas Cowboys, when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, here's another note. Dak Prescott has been the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys from day one. Remember, it was supposed to be Tony Romo, but Tony Romo got hurt. Then it was supposed to be Kellen Moore. Then Kellen, got, Kellen Moore got hurt. Dak Prescott wowed everybody in preseason. Uh, he was the default starter for week one, and he won the job. From the moment he has stepped on the field, he has been the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. 
he has his head on significantly tighter than Ezekiel Elliott does. What are we doing? What am I missing? Maybe, maybe, and maybe what I'm missing is the number. Maybe there is a number that Dak Prescott's agents are giving the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys just look at it and go, we can't pay him that. And I can't envision what that number is because he's proven that he can win. And there are people that, Dak Prescott is a polarizing player. Everything that surrounds the Dallas Cowboys is incredibly polarizing. You love it or you hate it, and that's all right. They're just, they're one of those teams. I think, I think Dak Prescott is worth top quarterback money, not number one. I don't think he's worth more than Russell Wilson. He certainly isn't worth more than Patrick Mahomes. But top five paid quarterback in the NFL? Sure. Is it because he's a top five quarterback in the NFL? Maybe not. Maybe not. But I'd argue he won. if he's not a top five, he's not far out of it. And two, and I can't stress this enough, he is the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. That matters. If Dak Prescott was the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe it's different. If Dak Prescott was the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, maybe the conversation is different. But he is not. He is the starting quarterback for one of the most valuable franchises in all of sports. He is the face, regardless of what Ezekiel Elliott does, regardless of the contract that you signed uh, Amari Cooper to. Dak Prescott is the face of your organization. And barring something absolutely, absolutely outrageous and north of, of $35 million per year, the Cowboys, I, I don't understand how this didn't get done. I mean, even, again, I, we're only working with, you know, parts of the equation. You know, we're, we, do, we don't have all the variables, but we're trying to solve the equation here with this conversation. $31.4 million per year actually sounds like right on target for Dak Prescott. But as we noted, the percentage of the guaranteed money was too low for a five-year deal, according to... I assume that came directly from Dak Prescott's agent. The other options were uh, a lower deal uh, in terms of years, four years, and the Cowboys have have not agreed to that. So, as good old JR would say, is case of there you have it. Uh, speaking of JR, a new episode of Relive is available. Um, another episode. I'm making some changes to Relive. This podcast is, I love, you know I love this podcast. It is such a pain in the ass. Uh, it is so creatively satisfying when it is over. It is such a hit me in the face with a sledgehammer while I'm putting it together. And at the end of today's episode, it's just, at the end of the episode that dropped today uh, about Kane, about the story of Kane, about the story of you know 1997 Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker and the Hell in a Cell match. The 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 story really centers around the Hell in a Cell match at the October 1997 pay per view Bad Blood. And if you're a WWE fan. And, and you have the network and you and you for whatever reason you have never watched that match it was until WrestleMania 25 the greatest match I ever saw I think the storytelling in the match is flawless and I love I think Kane's debut is the greatest debut in wrestling uh, in, in in WWF history uh, but at the end I, I like to throw in you know a little little audio tease for what the next episode is. And at the end, it was like I had teased Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania 7. Now, I know that sounds lame, but remember, the, the point of the podcast is to tell the story of what's going on around the company and the fact that the company was using the Gulf War as a promotional vehicle for their WrestleMania main event is a story that I wanted to tell. But a lot of people, and as I've, 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 I think I've shared this with you before, Relive is going to be seasonal uh, just because I, I, I can't do this every single week. I, I, I will throw my face through, through a glass wall, which I guess would be a mirror. In any event, uh, it's going to be seasonal, and there's only a couple of episodes left in this first season. And I, I, was, I, was, I had teased WrestleMania 7, but... A, a, a number of people have really pushed for a Kofi Mania episode. So I'm trying to, to, to figure out whether I, I, I continue writing this WrestleMania 7 episode or I just switch gears and put together this Kofi Mania episode from a couple of years ago. It would be the most recent thing 
uh, that we covered on relive. So I'm 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 kind of debating by that. I need to decide because I need to further the script on WrestleMania Seven, or I just need to switch gears and go to Kofi Media, or maybe I do WrestleMania Seven and then Kofi Mania, and then we'll end with what ultimately is uh, the invasion angle. Um, Chris Jones, uh, Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle. Uh, he signed a four-year contract extension, $37 million due at signing, $60 million guaranteed overall, $5 million of incentives. Contract is said to be worth $80 million, but the number you only the only two numbers you need to pay to is the $60 million uh, guaranteed for injury. He gets that no matter what, and the $37 million he gets the second uh, he signs that deal. Uh, $16.62 million, uh, $16.26 million, excuse me, uh, with no bonuses in the upcoming season and then 21.5 uh, in the following season. So the Chiefs and the Chiefs fans got to feel good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has to feel great about that signing. Head over to Patreon.com. We've got a new episode of Be Conscious that is set to po- post this afternoon. Uh, Donald Trump made a series of ridiculous statements yesterday. One of them, quite honestly, is is downright dangerous. Uh, but his strategy for re-election is crystal clear. And we are going to cover that on today's episode of Be Conscious. So head over to Patreon.com slash Damian Barling and check that out. And, of course, be sure to check out the rest of our podcast here on the Be Heard podcast platform. Check out the Deuce and Mo show today. They post uh, Monday through Thursday. So you want to make sure you're caught up on everything that they are doing. Uh, if you haven't caught up, uh, there's only a handful of episodes so far. You could binge listen to them and get all caught up on both the uh, J Street Vibes podcast with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway and the Dope Ones podcast with uh, my man Donnie Ramsey. And speaking of Dope Ones, remember use the promo code 720. That'll get you 20% off your order. It is uh, the word 7, S-E-V-E-N-2-0. 720, that'll get you 20% off your order. You can get the brand new Purple More Than a Podcast t-shirt. You can get the shirt that's got the list of the podcast on it. You can get the new Be Heard gear. Or you can go check out some of the other collections with Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant and Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. And go check out all of the great stuff that they have over there on thedopeones.com. We appreciate all your support today. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barling on the Be Heard podcast platform.